0: Y'all love him, brother Paul. It's a privilege. To, it's a privilege to get an opportunity to speak. I'm going to talk about investing in others this morning. Pouring in people around us. I'm amazed at the potential that's in the building today. If we walk out of here after hearing the simplicity of this message and we take it to heart, what change could happen in our family, what change could happen on our job, what change could happen in our church if we take to heart the simplest things that God wants to share with us. I'm crying this morning half because I'm scared to death and half because I'm excited to share God's word. Pastor asked me Tuesday a week ago to be prepared to preach. I had 20 pages of notes when I got up this morning. Y'all remember the last time I preached how long it was. (laughs) As I began to get in it this morning to finalize it, every bit of it was trash and it was something different than new. I'm going to share something with you this morning that's probably crumbs. But if you're hungry, crumbs are good. And you'll eat them. And you'll appreciate the meal. But if we're not hungry this morning, I could have brought T-bone steak and you wouldn't eat it. And I wouldn't either if I wasn't hungry. God's word is always fresh. It's always something to eat. Whether it's a small portion for that person that's starving to death. Like that woman that came to Jesus and said... I've got a child at home, and unless you touch that child, Jesus, she's going to die. And Jesus knew the thoughts of the people around the table with him and knew they thought she was a dog. So he went ahead and said it. I'm not going to cast my meat before dogs to see how those people would think. He knew he was fixing to feed her, but she said, yeah, even the dogs eat the crumbs from the master's table. Because Jesus has never looked at anybody like a dog. He's looked at all of us like needy people who need a touch from heaven. And He's met our needs along the way. And you and I ought to be going about investing in others with some of that, what Christ invested into us. I started to name the message Is it live or is it Memorex? Because I've got a fake apple and a real apple. And when I set them down, I have to pick them up to determine which one is real because visually I cannot tell. Can you tell which one is real? You know what you got to do to tell which one's real? Take a bite, both of you, at the same time. (laughs) Go for it. Bite it. (laughs) You're scared of it. We walk in church most Sunday mornings. I walk in church most Sunday mornings. Until somebody tastes me and see if I'm good, they have no idea if they're looking at the real or the fake. But I'll tell you one taste of the real one and one taste of the fake one. Your teeth hurt after trying to bite the fake one and you got a sweet taste in your mouth after tasting the real one. Everybody ought to walk away from the house of God having tasted something good in the house of God. Especially from folks who are real. I've asked God, just make me real. It's easy to look at others and compare myself by that other person and make myself look real good. But when I use Christ as a measuring stick and I put myself up next to him... I always, always, always look real bad. and I'm going to let you in on a secret. Everybody in this room looks really, really bad when we stand up next to Jesus and we compare ourselves to the real thing. One day a man grabbed an apple and as he was eating it and got down to the core and saw those seeds, he thought to himself, I wonder how many seeds are in that apple. So, As he finished the apple, he'd take a seed out at a time and put it in his palm of his hand. When he got finished eating that apple, he was about to throw those seeds away. But he counted them in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And a light bulb went off in his head. If I throw those seeds away, I'm throwing away Potential. Those 10 seeds are not just 10 seeds, those 10 seeds are 10 trees. If I will take time and put them in the ground and nurture them and water them and put sunlight on them and take the weeds away as that thing begins to grow, it will turn into a tree. He grew up near some cider mills in Western Pennsylvania. And when that light bulb went off in his head, he started studying apples and apple trees and what it took to make them grow. And he began to take seeds from that cider mill and go out and experiment and plant them and learn how to reproduce apple trees. He went all throughout Ohio and Kentucky and began to plant large swaths of apple orchards in the 1700s. His name is better known as Johnny Appleseed. He's John Chapman. But he's known as Johnny Appleseed because he went around everywhere he went, and he had a bag of Appleseed. Lord began to challenge me about this as I was preparing for this message. Uh, You say, why are you crying, Paul? Because I walked up here on stage one time when I was playing Jesus, and I I got a lot that goes through my mind when I get on this stage. And I thought one, one, one performance, I said, man, you know what I'm talking about, Andrew. Because you got people all around you when you're playing the part of Jesus and you're answering folks, you're talking to folks. And man, I thought they don't want to smell bad breath when I'm talking to them. So you know what, you know what this dummy did? Put a little bitty bottle of scope right here inside my belt loop on my costume. Here he comes, or whatever the song was in today's play, and I come marching in as Jesus gets up on stage, and what do you think happens? That little bottle of scope rose out of my belt loop right onto the stage, <laughs> right in front of everybody to see. That's the crazy things that go through my mind when I take the stage. But at the same time, I use examples like this this morning because that's what Jesus did. It was just so simple. He'd just walk by something and say, "Hey guys, toss your net over there." They catch a bunch of fish and he'd say, "I'm gonna make you fishers of men." <laughs> he'd walk by a mine and he'd talk about that grapevine and he'd share an illustration. All I want you to do this morning is see some simple things. In Genesis chapter number 8, the Bible tells us that God planted a garden. And the Bible says in verse number 8 of Genesis chapter 2, And the Lord God planted a garden eastward of Eden. There he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. the tree also in the midst of the garden of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now this don't represent the tree of knowledge of good and evil. This just represents an apple tree this morning. Just something for us to visually see. From that apple tree that God planted in that garden, every apple tree that would ever come after it came from seeds from that tree. When you eat an apple today, that apple came from the garden of Eden. It was rebirth and then rebirth. God put everything in that apple at that on that tree in that moment of time. And that thing is alive today, and it never died from the Garden of Eden. And we appreciate it today because of it. If you take, just think about this. If you take one apple seed, you can produce one apple tree. In this apple are ten seeds. These 10 seeds are 10 trees. If you plant those 10 trees, each of those apples can produce 500, each of those trees can produce 500 apples each, when mature. That's 5,000 apples that I'm holding in my hand right now, after the first generation, the first tree planted. Each of those 5,000 apples from that first generation have 10 seeds each, and if you do the math on it, there's 50,000 seeds gathered. Plant those 50,000 seeds and how many trees grow? 50,000 trees. Each of those 50,000 trees produce 500 apples, which yields 25 million apples. After your second crop, after eight years, you can potentially have 50,000 trees. If you take those 50,000 trees, which produce 50, 500 apples each, they yield 25 million apples. 25 millions with 10 seeds each. You see where I'm going with this? We're fixing to be in a number that doesn't even make sense. It's incomprehensible. I'll just skip to the long and short of it. By the fourth generation, you will have 120, you will have. Let me catch up with my notes because I'm jumping way ahead. You're going to have 125 billion apples. And the seeds from those apples from that crop will be 250 billion seeds. 16 years from now, if I took the time to plant these 10 seeds, that's what the end product would be. I think that's pretty amazing that I hold all of that weight, all of that future in my hand this morning. The question is not how many seeds are in an apple, it's how many apples are in a seed. Someone once said any man can count the seeds in one apple, but only God knows how many apples are in one seed. We're not here to talk about apples and apple tree potentials. I'm here this morning to talk about you you and me, and the potential that God placed inside my heart and inside my life if I will yield to him and let him use what he's given me. Let's pray. Father, I ask you to touch this message this morning. Thank you for the simplicity that's found in your word. Lord, I pray that you'll use some thoughts today that are simple, yet they're so profound. I pray that you'll change us, Lord, because we've been obedient to hear your word, I pray you'll convict us. I pray you'll encourage us. I pray you'll challenge us, Lord. May we walk out of here being different than when we came in. We pray now in Jesus' name, amen. In Genesis chapter 1 in verse number 27 and 28, the Bible says, So God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he him male and female created he them and God blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply. Genesis one, 27, 28, God said, be fruitful and multiply. I'm following this thought today. Be fruitful and multiply. When God said that it's more than uh, Adam and Eve needing to go out and, perform and, and, and do some uh, action. And God said in that moment, be fruitful. In other words, he filled him up like he filled the heavens up with stars. Remember, God said, let there be stars. And all the stars that we see and don't see were made and created, and there they are in the heavens. When God looked at Adam and Eve and said, be fruitful, in that moment, He power-packed their bodies with every human being that will ever walk the face of the earth. Have you ever tried to consider that? It is mind-blowing if you think about it. Every one of us trace our lineage back to Adam and Eve and what God packed into their bodies in that moment of time. God also said, multiply. Now we know that means for him to go out and procreate. And now that we're fast forwarding 6,000 years, you and I are alive today because of that seed that God planted in Adam. We have apples today because of that seed he planted in that first apple tree. I love the way when we skip to the New Testament and we start thinking about us today and, and what does it all mean for me when it's all said and done. Look at John chapter 15 and verse number 5. This is how Jesus put it to me and this is how Jesus puts it to us as believers. This is how much potential Jesus is saying is packed into you and me. When you became a Christian... In that moment of time, I believe if we could really see and get a vision of what God and Christ did for us as Christians, he power-packed our spiritual being with millions and millions and millions of investments to be able to reproduce fruit and reproduce other Christians. Sometimes we don't see that full potential, but that's not the Lord's fault. Sometimes we don't see the full potential of a child being born. That's the world's fault because we'll go in a womb and we'll destroy that baby. But that doesn't mean that baby wasn't created at the Garden of Eden. We may waste apples. Doesn't mean God didn't create them. We may waste opportunities to help others and meet others' needs. It doesn't mean that God didn't create it and power pack it into this being of mine. He said, I am the vine and you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth what? Much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If you and I are ever going to have a piece of fruit in our life, we've got to plant a seed somewhere. And it's got to grow into a tree, and it's going to take a little bit of time. And from that tree we can glean fruit. It won't be Jesus' fault after a period of time if you and I as Christians don't have any fruit in our life. It'll be our fault because we didn't take that seed that Christ poured into us. I believe Jesus is saying to us, much like God did to Adam, be fruitful. You're full of fruit. Now multiply it. Go out and bring something back because you've invested. And God planted the seed of the human race in Adam and Eve. And he wanted them to reproduce and fill the earth. Jesus wants us to be fruitful Christians and reproduce Other Christians. Psalms chapter 1 and verse number 3. It says of the man of God or the woman of God. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Proverbs 11.30 says the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And he that winneth souls is wise. Our spirit life ought to look like this tree this morning was full of fruit that can be taken and enjoyed and eaten. John 15 and verse number 16, Jesus went on to say, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatsoever you ask of the father in my name, he may give it you. I'm just simply saying this morning, with a simple title to a message. Go out today. You are fruitful. Now multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. Mom and dad, you are a tree that will produce fruit. Church member, you are a tree. Sunday school teacher, you are a tree. Awana leader, you are a tree. Friend, you are a tree. Husband or wife, you are a tree. Student, You are a tree. What am I saying this morning? If we're born again, Christians, we are trees that ought to be producing and being planted and reproducing and then being planted and reproduced. Matthew chapter 12 and verse number 33 says, either make the tree good and his fruit good or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by his fruit. Jesus shared in Luke chapter 13 and verse number seven, an illustration. And I don't believe it's long after a Christian gets saved and is supposed to be fruitful and multiply. I don't think it's too many days, weeks, or months that God gives us time in a grace period to learn about him and his goodness. But he doesn't give us too much time before he starts inspecting our fruit. And he starts looking into our life and analyzing us. Here's how he shared it with his disciples. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? Boy, I think about those stretches in my life where I was backslid and wasn't doing anything for God productive. Jesus checked my tree. During those periods of time, he would have had to pronounce the same judgment on me just cut him down he's not doing anything that's producing fruit I want to share a few points with you this morning and I'll go through them quickly there's five and they're simple number one we have a source from which to gather good seed how many of you have a bible with you this morning in the house just hold it up for me hold it up for me Mm. You just held up a lot of good seed this morning. This world has the potential to drain us and empty us on a daily basis. There's two ways we're going to get drained today. And this is how they're going to be. We're going to let the world suck the life out of us. And just keep pulling on us in that situation, and this situation, and the other situation, and my anger, and my frustration, and my sorrow. It's, it, you ever had the life sucked out of you in one day? And boy, you like, at the end of the day, I should have done better. I shouldn't have responded like that. I should have acted like this. I didn't act like that. I, you, am I the only one that before you ever leave the house, you decided, I'm going to set my face toward God. And while I'm reading my Bible, my whole time, my mind is thinking about the problems of today. And I'm already sucking the seed that Jesus put in my bag right out before it ever gets in there. But there's another way you're going to come home empty in the evening. And that's the person that went out with a bag of seed and met those needs right where they are. All along the way, you said, this person needs a touch. This person needs a word. I don't need to act like that, so I'm not going to act like that. And they're going to see some different action from me. And you, you, I, every one of us is walking around every day with. You start in the morning with a bag, and you end with an empty bag, one way or the other. But God's just waiting in the morning to fill that bag up. And before it could ever get in the bag for me, most of the time I've already ruined it. I've let things come into my mind. I've let situations coming to my mind, but it doesn't mean the source isn't good. It's like that cider mill that John Chapman went to early in the morning to grab those seeds before they throw them away, and he'd, he'd take that precious seed and go out and plant it. God's got this word chalk full of those seeds for us early in the morning. I believe that God wants to fill our empty sacks every morning with a desire for him, and he wants to fill it with some eternal seeds. I thought about this this morning. Joseph's brothers came to him with empty sacks. They came across that wilderness and they come in the presence of Joseph. And they don't have anything. And in a few moments time, they've got everything they need to go back and eat. Because they came to the one, they came to a good source. And when you and I get up early in the morning, we go to God's word. It's a good source. And he's not going to send us away empty. He's our brother. He's our friend. He's our savior. We got blood kin in heaven and he's not going to send us out empty. And Joseph loved those brothers in spite of how they acted. I'm telling you today, no matter how we acted yesterday, it doesn't matter. Think about those brothers. They planted some evil seeds yesterday. They threw Joseph in a pit and sold him into slavery. And now that sin has grown in their life and they're empty, they're torn, they're they're sorrowful, they're hungry. They've tried everything and nothing has worked and now they got empty bags. But when they come to Joseph, what's Joseph do? He fills their sack to the full and sends them back home with a full bag of good grain when i come to god in the morning and yesterday was a failure and the way i've been doing it's all wrong god doesn't send me away empty he sends me out full that day and fills me with some good seed i've got a good source early in the morning or late at night and whenever it is i come to him everybody in this room has a good source this morning when we come to jesus empty Those brothers were out of food, they were out of answers, they were out of solutions for the problems. They'd sowed bad seed yesterday and it grew a crop of sorrow and pain today. And standing in front of Joseph, they were hungry, desperate, and they were empty. Let me say this though, when we've shrouded our way, God is always faithful, always faithful, because like Joseph, he's got storehouse after storehouse. It never, ever, ever runs dry. It's full of life-giving seed that when planted in our heart and with a little germination and it grows, then some fruit comes from that that we can share with others and others can grow through us. I believe God wants us to sit under his tree early in the morning and glean some fruit for the day ahead. Song of... Song of Solomon chapter two and verse number three says, as the apple tree among the trees of the wood, so is my beloved among the sons. I sat down under his shadow with great delight and listen, his fruit was sweet to my taste. Psalms chapter 68 and verse number 19 says, blessed be the Lord. I love this language. Who loadeth us daily with his benefits, even the God of our salvation. I walk out of my house in the morning after having read God's word and prayed with a full bag of good fruit because I have a good source from which to get it. And he loads me daily if I'm receptive. Psalm chapter 23 and verse number 5 says, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. What's those last four words? My cup runneth over. Would to God I woke up every day of my life and I did it all right yesterday. And I came to God with a clean heart that looked like I already had a full cup. And if I ever get there, that's what I'm gonna look like in the morning. You are too. Wouldn't it be awesome if in the morning we're already half full by the time we woke up because God, thank you for today. God, I've got some challenges today I can't handle. I'm going to turn them over to you before my feet ever hit the floor. You know what you're doing before you ever get out of bed? You're already putting good grain in your bag. And by the time you get to the word of God, and by the time we pray, we're already half full or more. And then when God says he's going to load us daily with his benefits, when he goes to put that seed in, there's nowhere else for it to go. It's like a big mess around us. And I'm going to say that ain't a mess right there. You know what that is? That's one of your children walking by your chair in the morning and seeing you read God's word. That's what that overflowing is right there. That's one of your children walking by your bedroom when they realize you're going through the hardest time of your life. And they see you on your knees praying. That's what that cup running over is before you ever left the house. No, too many times I've already got my basket full of this thinking world right here. I'm already full up to the brim with the junk of the world. I don't mind exposing myself this morning. I've already told you Christ is my measuring stick. This is what I look like most mornings before I ever walk out the door. And then when reading God's word, he's trying to load me. Oh, yeah, I got some of it, Lord. I got that thought. I got, I got that inspiration. But how much? It's like the sower that went forth to sowing. Throwed out seed and some fell on stony ground. Some fell among thorns. Some fell on what? Good ground. God's word's gonna have an effect. But don't you see a difference in the effect of my life when I wake up with all the cares of the world on me? And I wake up already half full with God's blessing in me. We got a source. It ain't gonna run out. It is good seed. Reading our Bible is gathering seed, whether we realize it or not. Praying is gleaning seed right from the source. Hearing preacher is collecting good seed. Hearing preaching is collecting good seed. Listening to godly music is putting some seeds in your life that can be germinated and can grow into something that's going to bless you throughout the day. We have a source for good seed. but Not only do we have a source for good seed, we each have a sack in which we our gathering seed. I thought about this that you've already seen me demonstrate some of it this morning, but how many of you got a brain in the building this morning? I believe that's that thinking, that ability to retain, that ability to take stuff in is our grain sack. We take in so much. Which one of them preachers this week talked about? Somebody talked about how many decisions we make in a day. Oh, my goodness. 30,000, that was it? 40, I don't know. It was something crazy. Joe Arthur. All of that, all of that is affecting our bag this morning. When I ask you if you had a brain, the only reason I ask you is, is because this applies to everybody in the room. Every one of us, whether we realize it or not we're collecting seed and we're redistributing seed. And whether we like it or not, our sacks contain both good and bad seed. You see, everybody in this building, just because you're saved doesn't mean you don't have a fleshly desire. Those desires that we have from the flesh are wanting to fill our bag with bad seed. But we also have the spirit of God who's wanting to fill our bag with good seed early in the morning. We don't have a choice in the fact that this battle is going to rage inside of us and compete for the space that God has given us inside each one of us. Romans chapter 5 and verse number 12 says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. This apple this morning contains both life, and this apple contains death life because it contains nutrients that can sustain and it also contains life because if the seeds are planted and they grow those trees can be enjoyed by not only us but future generations but it also contains death the moment that Adam and Eve sinned in the garden sin affected everything in the garden Remember the Lord had to put a couple of angels out there to guard the garden after that and put them out and they were to till the ground and work with thorns and briars and childbirth now would be laborious and difficult. And they paid a high price because they would die one day, yes. And they brought death to every man that'll ever live. I believe in that moment, some other things happened in, in the world. That seed in that apple now that is not in that perfect environment contains trace amounts of arsenic. If you were to crush the seeds from enough apples to get you a cup full of crushed seeds, and one in this room were to ingest that, it has the ability to be lethal and kill you. You see, I walk around in a body because of Adam that carries death in me. It carries pain, it carries flesh, but I also carry around in me A life-giving fruit that can be good to the taste. It doesn't matter how many thousands of years I've rolled away from Adam and Eve in the garden. I'm still born with the seed of sin in my life. And if germinated, that sin will grow. And it has a potential to be lethal. Someone once said the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Well, somebody else said in defense of the child that turned out better than the parent but sometimes it rolls a long way from the tree. It doesn't matter how far you roll from the original tree, Adam. You can roll 6,000 years like we've been rolling. But guess what, the moment you were born, you already was, in, you was infected with sin in that very moment. It's not a choice, it's birthed into us. You and I are a lot like that lion that Samson slew on the side of the road. We're both dead and alive at the same time. We have the stench of death and we have the sweetness of honey. It's Judges chapter 14 in verse number eight. And it says, behold, there was a swarm of bees and honey in the carcass of the lion. You and I are walking around in bodies that both contain death and life at the same time. We can be the stinkingest Christian that ever walked the face of the earth if we allow ourselves to walk out the door in the morning and not take what God's given us to try to help us and direct us and be salt and light. Or we can be the sweetest thing anybody ever put in their mouth. Paul the Apostle put it like this in Romans chapter seven in verse number 21. I find a law that when I do good, evil is present with me. Later on, he would say in chapter seven in verse number 24, a wretched man that I am, Who shall deliver me from this body of death? I studied behind a historian who said Paul is actually referring here to a prisoner who has been convicted of murder. And they'll take a dead body and they'll strap it back to back to that person who's guilty of murder. Hand to hand, leg to leg, back to back. And they'll force that living prisoner to walk the rest of his days with that dead body on the back of him. Until the flesh begins to rot and stink and the prisoner has to deal with it because of his crime. Until eventually the tissues start breaking down in the dead body and they move into the live body. And ultimately kill the living prisoner. Let me tell you this morning, you and I without Christ are just like that. Paul the apostle used this language and said, who shall save me from this body of death? Then he went on to say, I thank God through our Lord Jesus Christ can deliver us from that flesh. You know what, we got to carry it around. And if anybody in the room ever says, I would never do that, oh boy, oh yeah, that potential is in everybody in this room to do that. Whatever that is we see in somebody else. I've learned just walk in the mirror when I start getting high and mighty and think I'm somebody. And just turn around and let God give me a little glimpse of that man that dwells inside of me that's rotten and nasty. You ever heard one bad apple spoils the whole bunch? Somebody asked me during revival if I was keeping so and so straight, you know, just for fun. My response, I said, man, the man in the mirror has got my full attention right now. Keeping him straight is a full-time job with lots of overtime. Each one of us has got but so much room in our sack to put good seed in. And most of it is choices of our own that we've packed bad stuff in and God doesn't have room to put good stuff in. Not only do we have a source of good seed, we also have a sack in which we can carry the seed, but we have a selection of trees in which to gather seeds. In other words, God has placed us in our own gardens. God put Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden and gave them all the fruit trees they could possibly eat. But he also put in there a temptation tree, didn't he? You know what I found on a daily basis? I've got them same temptations in my life. Every morning I wake up, them same temptations are here and all this good stuff is right here. And I have to choose which one that I'm going to eat from on every given day that I wake up. Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 19 gives us a great contrast. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which of these? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, I have also told you in time past that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. All of these are in my garden every day when I wake up. And they're in your garden. Now, Adam could have prayed every day he wanted to. Lord, why'd you put put that tree of temptation in here in the perfect environment? Because God don't want robots. God wants us to have a free will and choose to worship and follow him. And I'm going to tell you today, they made a choice to sin. And you and I, when we wake up in the morning, we can pray all we want to. Lord, take this garbage out of my life, this temptation that's in my household. He's not going to take it out. You've got to choose. I've got to choose that I'm going to follow God from a willing heart. This device that's in my hand is a garden, that TV hanging on my wall is a garden. That music that I listen to is a garden, and you can make no mistake about it, them lyrics are seeds, and they have their way in our lives. They will dictate how you feel. Your refrigerator is a garden. Restaurants are gardens. Friendships are gardens. You understand what I'm saying by garden. There's both that good and there's that evil present at the same time. You and I got to make some choices during our days. I'm going to skip a lot of stuff and go on to the fourth point. We have a season in which to plant seeds. You and I have got seasons to plant seeds. God's given us a period of grace in our life to be able to plant something eternal. A season can be a moment in time which you deposit something Eternal into someone else. A season can be the window of time in which it takes you to raise your children. A season can be a period of time for you to disciple a person in church that will one day replace you in the ministry. A season can be a lifetime in which you build a testimony that lives long after we are gone. One thing that we all know, seasons come to an end. You can call it open door, you can call it open window, you, you can call it whatever you want to, but God gives us seasons in life. Tomorrow is going to be a season for me. What am I going to do with that season that God has given me a sack full of seed to plant? In John chapter 4, Jesus dedicated a few hours to planting a garden into the life of a woman. She was at the end of her rope. He sent his disciples away and he invested time, energy, compassion, forgiveness, and grace into this woman. By the time we get to verse number 28 and 29 of John chapter 4, here's what happened. The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to the men, Come and see, which told me all things that I ever did. Is not this the Christ? She went and told others. Because she was changed in that season of time when Jesus planted some seed into her. We all have people around us that the Lord's going to allow us to walk in a season into their life. And we could, with God's help, radically change their world if we would take those moments and just invest. There's going to be people all around us tomorrow that have made mistakes. And potentially have destroyed a lot in their lives. But you and I have a season that we can invest something good in them. I don't want to ever be the last person that comes along that drives a nail in somebody's life who's made a lot of mistakes and it's obvious for everybody to see and everybody's talking about it. I don't want to be the last one to talk about it or to talk to them like they're a dog and push them over the edge and that be the last thing they hear is Paul echoing what everybody else said. You know what would be good for them to hear the last time they hear something? grace, mercy, love, care, concern. And they'll be like that woman that went away and they'll be changed and there'll be fruit to come from it. Last thing I wanna talk about this morning is we will have something to show for our seed. I'm gonna let the scripture speak for itself. Let's continue looking at John chapter four and verse number 30. It tells us that the woman was bringing back to Jesus a group of people at the same moment that his disciples showed back up. John chapter 4 and verse number 30 says, Then they went out of the city and came unto him. And in the meanwhile, the, the people that, when it says they came out of the city, this is talking about that woman and a great host of people following her back to Jesus. In the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him saying, Master, eat. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that you know not of. Therefore said his disciples one to another, Hath any man brought him all to eat? Jesus saith unto them, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. You and I can enjoy some super good spiritual meals if we would plant some super good spiritual seeds. We would enjoy the benefits of that. And we'd have meat to eat that the world doesn't really understand. But I, I said I like to get to this point here in verse number 35. Those people are approaching these disciples and Jesus from a long way off. And Jesus makes this statement. He says, say not you that you are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Be so, behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white, all ready to harvest. He said, look at that group of people. I dropped one seed in the ground. It's germinated now, and look what it turned into in such a short amount of time. It's grown into a whole big old poop group of people. And they're coming this way. Now you disciples, you men have got an opportunity to invest some seed into this group of people that's coming up this hillside. I believe Jesus is sending us out today with seed. We ought to be investing in others and letting God worry about how that seed germinates and what it turns into. Jesus not only met with the woman at the well... He invested time during his season with the adulterous woman. He invested seed into the two men on the road to Emmaus. You know the story very well. He invested seed with the lepers. He invested seed in a moment with the thief on the cross. He invested seed in you and me. And he's given us opportunities as Christians to be able to invest those seeds into others. Philip, I want you to play that song, whatever that song is you selected and I want you to think about this in closing one day the seed that I've spread on this earth in others and invested in others is going to grow and it's going to turn into something eternal go ahead Philip if you got it I may not see that day I may not see some things in this lifetime, but there's coming a day when I'm going to walk in the glory and there ought to be a group of people behind me. I thought about Jesus when he walked in the glory. Behind him was that adulterous woman. Behind him was that centurion. Behind him was that leper. Behind him was that woman at the well. Behind him was everybody that ever received that seed. Behind him will be you and me one day because he deposited him into us. If you got an apple in the building this morning, stand up. I just had some apples distributed. I don't know who's got them. If you got an apple, stand up. Walk out those doors and walk in that center aisle together for me. Just walk out those doors. Meet me at those double doors. I just want you to see something we talk about Lord open my eyes of my heart Lord show me something I don't know how to do it but just to show you what it looks like I believe in one day's time this is not a large enough number of people that God planted inside of me to be able to touch while I'm sleeping tonight God filled me with the ability to with life-changing seed to touch a large group of people during the course of the day. Boy, I ought to be able to walk at the end of that day. Come on in, guys. Just follow me down the aisle. If we could see it, if we could see it, this is what our life ought to look. This is what our life ought to look like. I speak on your life. Be, be fruit. Be fruit. Come in, Beverly. Multiply. Multiply. Be blessed. I speak Seeds life. turn into fruit. In your life. Seeds your turn life. into fruit. Thank you. You guys can have seeds. Seeds turn into fruit. fruit. I don't know who I'm going to touch tomorrow, Malted but I know God loaded me up. He's got somebody blessed. on my heart that I don't even know on yet that can be touched by the grace of my lips or the actions of my body, can touch someone tomorrow that God has ordained for me to touch. I don't know who they are. I just know I can only control my actions and my reactions and how I talk and what I say and how I live. That's the things I can control. And through controlling those things and spreading a little bit of seed, God wants to touch an innumerable number of people. When John in Revelations looked around the throne, he saw men and women robed in white. And he said that number could not be counted by man. You know who that number of people is? It's everybody that everybody took the seed from Jesus and went out and reproduced into someone else and they got saved. And they'll be at the throne of God one day because of us. God wants us to reproduce. Bow your heads with me for a moment. I have no idea what anybody's grain sack looks like in this building, but I want you to open your grain sack. I want you to open your grain sack right there in front of you. And I want you to reach in it and take a handful of seeds out of it. And I want you to pick them up and let them flow through your fingers right back into that bag. Did you see anything? in those seeds that's not glorifying God that cannot grow into something healthy. You partook of something and now it's in your mind, it's in your soul, it's in your thoughts, and that seed is in you. If that seed fell back in that bag, it's still in that bag. What are you gonna do about it? What are we going to do about it? Are we gonna say God help get this out of my life? What I found is God can't move anything good in my life until I move something bad out of my life When I say God, I want to trade this ugly. I've had to trade some ugly stuff in For God to put some pretty stuff in its place It's gonna take a sacrifice on our part to give up something to have something better God knows that that seed that's in your heart is taking the place of at least one seed that he desired for us to go out and use and we can't because a bad seed is in its place they're all going to grow they're all going to grow the altar's open this morning as the music plays just want to ask god help me load my basket bag whatever with good seed Come down and let him love. Give it up. me the strength to be able to sing.